polygamists claim that the Bible is a good book, but isn't entirely trustworthy. Is that true? We'll talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Thank you for joining us and taking a look at what we have to say today. I would like to thank Dorothy Catlin, who's here as our co-host. Thank you, Dorothy, for oh, you're coming, welcome. sharing. And it's always delightful. Offering some of your wisdom <laughs> that, that you take out of some of these things and sharing with us as well. Uh, you work in the culture, so you get a lot of feedback from this culture. And kind of you know how they think sometimes. Oh, it's never boring, <laughs> that's for sure. It's very challenging, too. You know, growing up in the Kingston group, uh, we were constantly told that God said something or expected something from us, and we always believed it. I mean, after all, God said it, didn't he? Uh, But later, I and many others have discovered that God really did not say or command what they said he did. Probably the most controlling aspect of polygamy, and most likely the LDS too, is that the leaders claim God said something and frighten the people into obedience. When we hear someone say God says or God said or God wants or doesn't want something from us, how do we know that what they said God said is true? How can we know that? It's infinitely important to know if God said it or not because it will probably affect our eternity. If he didn't say it, we should ignore the person and the command and just safely walk away and then find out what God did say. Because what he does say has true power and authority. I frequently meet with people who have left polygamy groups, who have been abused and robbed by them, who've been gaslighted and shamed and piled high with guilt, with unearned guilt, I might add, who have been shamefully treated all their lives and were told that that treatment was God's will for them. When they were finally able to escape from the threatening and abusive group management, they run from anything and everything that hints of God because they've been so horribly deceived by those who say this is God's will. Getting a little tongue-tied here. And most people who leave polygamy reject everything from a God like that. I understand that completely. In fact, I did the very same thing. And as thousands of others who, through the years, who have left Mormon fundamentalism or the LDS church, uh, they've disentangled themselves from the abusive and pernicious doctrines and controlled by Mormon polygamy and their life management techniques. Now, we've discussed this topic in the past, but we're revisiting it again, hopefully with some a little new and different information, because we talk with many people from, from Mormonism or from polygamy who say that they believe the Bible's a good book, but not entirely trustworthy, that it was written by men and not by God, that it contains men's opinions rather than God's own words. But thousands, or I should say at least hundreds of times, maybe thousands through the years, or hundreds of times in the Bible, the it claims to be God's word. It claims to be. Logically, if the Bible is not God's word, yet it makes false claims about being God's word, then it's not a good book. Uh, nor would it have been authored by good men, by but by deceivers trying to push their own agenda. Now, the Bible contains statements of its own purity, its accuracy, reliability, exclusivity, eternal endurance, prophetic truth, and so on. If the Bible's not God's words, those claims are false, and it's not a good book. 
No one knows the future except God. Even the most enticing psychic or horoscope reader or seer falls in most of, fails in most of their prognostications. I think 23% was the highest success rate for one of the most famous psychics. 23%. That's not even one out of four. Whoa! That's not very good. Yeah. But every prophecy that is in the Bible has been accurately predicted and accurately fulfilled in every minute detail and in every single instance according to its own time frame. No human can possibly achieve that kind of accuracy about the future. Only God can do that. We have some scriptures for you. Yeah, so I like this one. This is from Isaiah 46. It's verses 9 to 11, and I'll read it, and then I have a little comment I want to make. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Now, that's an interesting one, because Isaiah said that in about 640 B.C., and 30 or 40 years later, the Assyrians from the east did come in at God's command and leveled the, mm -hmm. the northern kingdom. Right. But it's interesting that he tucks that right in the middle here. He's saying, I'm God, I'm in control, I'm, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he purposed it and, and because it, he said and it, it, it said, will. Pay attention, it will it happen. happen, and it did. And he named, was it Cyrus? A uh, hundred years in advance, he named him right. as being the one that right. would come in. But that was later. And this that was, that yeah. was later, that's right. But still, he named the person, hadn't right. been born yet, and he named right. the person who right. was going to come. No human, obviously, could do that. And, and there's hundreds of future events prophesied. Well, the interesting thing about this one is that that Assyrian... Um, invasion of northern the northern kingdom is so well documented historically it is. It, it, yeah so in secular history yeah you need to look that up on wikipedia <laughs> exactly exactly so it can be tested the bible mm -hmm. can be tested and there's hundreds of future events uh, prophesied in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Every single one of them in which God foretells a future event, everyone has been fulfilled, that has been fulfilled, has been fulfilled precisely as God said it would. I think they said over 300 just in Jesus' first coming. Mm -hmm. Now that's impossible, like we said, for a, a mere human to accomplish. And Time is the is the false prophet's worst enemy and will always prove him a liar. Yet the Bible has been consistently accurate prophetically, and every other test has been given to determine the reliability and integrity of the Bible. It has passed the test, whether it's historically or linguistically, archaeology, accuracy, endurance, and so on. And God got it 100% right all the time. Of course, he's almighty, so he can do that. Now, this is part one of a two-part series discussing ideas about the Bible's trustworthiness and the goodness of God Almighty and why people from polygamy or Mormonism should seek to discover the biblical truth about God. We refer to the Bible prodigiously on our programs because they use the Bible to justify unbiblical dogma. Now, this series is in response to some folks I've recently had discussion with who left Mormon fundamentalism, a group which does not teach the Bible. They say God said, but then they teach stuff that men have said and not God. 
we have an important question for people who reject God because of their bad experiences. Your religious leaders lied to you about many things, and you discovered their deceit. That's why you left. You walked away from their control, and you rejected every false uh, hold that they had on you. But in the process, you failed to realize that if they lied to you about everything else, they also lied to you about God. It was them who used and abused you. It wasn't God who did that. But too many people escape and, and the polygamy and they leave God behind too as though it was him who mistreated and lied to you. And I understand that thinking because that was my own attitude toward God because of false teachings about his crazy ideas for my life. In fact, it took me 25 years after I left before I began my own personal journey to discover where the lies of Mormonism came from, why they are not authoritative and never have been, and if there's a lie, then somewhere is the truth. And I wanted to know the truth, a truth not of my own personal opinion or personally designed religion, but the actual and unchangeable truth. Before that, I did not know that God is good or that God loves me. Nor did I know that polygamy has never been in the mind or in the heart of God. We have some quotes about his goodness. Psalm 84, 11 and 12 says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And from Psalm 86, verse 5, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Psalm 100, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 145, 8 and 9, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. And, you know, there's just hundreds oh, so of many passages more. like that mm -hmm. in the Bible. I wish I'd known that about God when I was growing up. I didn't. I, I thought he was an ogre, mm. <laughs> you know, a celestial monster. Uh, but, but there's testimonies all through the Bible from humans who have experienced God's goodness and his mercy and his grace. But, like I said, I didn't know God was good. I was taught he hated me because I wasn't perfect and he was out to get me. So when I escaped the polygamy group, I totally rejected everything I'd been taught about God. And in doing that, rejected the God that I had been taught about. Um, I refused to listen to any religious ideas because I was afraid of having escaped from one bad religion to become entangled up in another one from which I might never escape. But during those 25 years, I had a lot of questions, and most of them began with the word why. One of those questions was, why would God require the painful and abusive life of polygamy, religious authorized adultery, for someone to go to his heaven? It, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Why did God require helpless people to be abused and robbed by greedy religious men and women? Why did God require his people to live in such horrible poverty? Why did he require lack of proper medical and dental attention? Why would he allow only that small group of polygamists to go to heaven while the other billions of people had no opportunity to be saved? Why did God require the abuse and neglect of children? Why did he give me such fanatically religious parents who did not hold back on physical or verbal abuse? 
I came to the conclusion that the only God I had ever learned about was violent, mean-spirited, miserly, greedy, sexually promiscuous. He hated it when people enjoyed themselves. He refused to allow personal decision-making. He kept people corralled in abusive bondage, and he was actually sadistic. And I wondered why. <laughs> why were we even here to amuse a sadistic God? Mormon doctrine teaches that there was a pre-existent spiritual state where we earned the privilege of being chosen by God to be his people on earth. Of course, this isn't true. This, is, this is a lie. This is what they say. <laughs> but this is what uh, Heber J. Grant said, 7th LDS president. We of this church have been told of the Lord that before we came to this earth, we had a life running back to the remotest stretches of eternity, that as spirits, we lived out an existence before we came here in which we prepared ourselves for life on the earth. Now, he said they've been told of the Lord. How do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. How, <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Why? <laughs> but God didn't say that, you know. No. The Bible's where we go for truth. Uh, not Mormonism, and their doctrines are just made up, people making things up, mm -hmm. making up myths. God never told him that because the Bible says the opposite of that. We were taught that before we were born, we each got to choose our parents, uh, who they would be and where we would live and the situation in which we would be born. But <clears throat> I had a difficult time <laughs> believing that I would have been so stupid as to choose to be born to such abusive, unloving parents and in the polygamy group, why would I choose such misery? I had questions, but was afraid the answers might lead me right back to the polygamy group or to the Mormon church, and I refused to submit myself to another religious prison. So I just wandered around for 25 years with no real answers to life's questions, till one day <clears throat> I discovered the true and living God. I discovered He's good, and it wasn't until He rescued me with the truth that I even had the courage to search for the answers to my questions. All this to say, we understand the thinking and the rejection of religion by newly escaping and former polygamy group members. Myself and hundreds of other folks who rejected Mormonism have discovered that the God of Mormonism is not the God of the Bi that the God that the Bible reveals. And because we have found the joy and the contentment and the fulfillment and the mercy and grace of God Almighty, we want everyone else to know and experience the truth about the only true God for themselves and to take advantage um, of what he has told us in the Bible, to take the courage to read the Bible and to get to know him because to know him is to love him. I found that out by getting to know him. Before that, I didn't love him. First, I had to know the true God is good and that he loves me, that he's kind and gentle, that he's not strutting around with a whip and a chair, that he's not a celestial policeman or, or a probation officer. Next, I had to know that Mormonism is a knockoff. And where there's an imitation, you'll find that there is an original somewhere. And I had to know that the Mormon church and the polygamy groups were not from God. Then I felt safe to discover the true God without fear and shame. Now, I'm here to say God led me down that path of discovery, and he did rescue me. He took up the lifelong work of healing my damaged soul and emotions and damaged mind and messed up ideas. He showed me the way to him, and then he took me there. 
We encourage you not to waste 25 years like I did. Find the truth now and live every day in the beauty and the bask in, in, in the love of the truth rather than in the shadow of a mythical God. One lady said the leaders of her group instructed members not to read the Bible, but to go with them, to them with their questions. Boy, that's got you strapped, doesn't it? I spoke with a couple who were leaving the Kingston group who said they were never taught from the Bible. They never had a Bible, but uh, they did have a Bible, but they never once opened it. That the Kingston's focus is on their family line for salvation rather than Jesus Christ or the Bible. But our wise God says, pay no attention to the wisdom of men. Mm-hmm. So 1 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20 says, for it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. That's God speaking. Mm -hmm. Where is the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And then Isaiah, back in the Old Testament, 44, verses 24 and 25. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of liars and makes fools of diviners, who turns wise men back and makes their knowledge foolish. And you know, anyone who had studied Joseph Smith can see how true God has frustrated the signs of liars and made fools, Mm -hmm. a fool of him because so much of what he said was so deceitful. Clearly foolish. Yes, absolutely. And now those who say that the Bible is not God's word, but was written by men and contains men's opinions, that it is a good book, but not from God, are not speaking from an informed investigation. Those who do not open or read or study their Bibles cannot know if it's true or not. Mormonism's deceit all started with Joseph Smith, who said, Thus saith the Lord, when God never said such things. Of course, polygamy is at the top of their list. Now we're going to appeal to the Bible to make our point, of course, (laughs) because it very easily defends itself against the lies of Mormonism and a personal opinion. In the New Testament, Jesus warns us to watch out for false prophets and false teachers. Now, these are the words of Jesus himself. Yeah. So if you claim Jesus, you need to be listening to this. You need to, to listen to his words. In Matthew 24, verse 11, he said, And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Earlier in that same book, Matthew 7, 15 to 18, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Back to Matthew 24, 24 and 25. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. Now, I like that where Jesus said that. I've told, I've warned I've you, told in you ahead of time. You will yes. not have an excuse. Right. Because I've told you. So when you see it happening, <laughs> recognize I told you this. And, and, and this part also, they perform great signs and wonders. Right. To attract attention and it looks like they have power. And anytime you see a miracle, you better check it out and That's see if right. it's from God because That's there's right. a lot of miracles that aren't. And in the age we live in, how can you tell if it's a miracle or if it's just 
computer generated. You have to have a measurement. You have to, to have, have a, a measurement. measurement. <laughs> and I love these words of Peter. This is Second Peter 2, 1 and 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Now, these are good warnings, so good warnings. Oh. And we see them fulfilled every day in our culture today. Well, especially this one, because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, right? Yeah. How many yeah. are out there waving the flag, claiming to be Christians, right. and yet speaking a message that is not, it's either deceptive or it's downright wrong about exactly. who Jesus was and what he had to say and what that should look like. And I and I wonder that claiming that they're claiming that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers if that's <laughs> if that's denying that's, the master who bought it them. It certainly is. Because that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Sure. Obviously. False prophets imitate true prophets activity but their messages are counterfeit. And where there's a counterfeit, there's also an original from which they have copied. Notice Peter warned that some of their some of them will follow their sensuality. Well, that describes Joseph Smith and many other polygamous leaders. When people say the Bible's a good book, but that it's not God's word, or that Jesus was a good man or a good philosopher, but he wasn't the Savior or isn't God, they're not thinking logically through their own statement. Now, we realize that Mormonism, especially polygamists, do not train their people for critical thinking. That would be self-destruction for them. But we ask the question again, if you think the Bible's a good book, but it isn't God's word, how can it be a good book when it claims to be God's word? Instead, it would be deceitful and would not be a good book. If Jesus is not God Almighty, then he was not a good man or a good prophet or philosopher because he claimed to be God several times. Good people don't lie and deceive. Here are a few examples of the Bible's claims to be God's word. So this is a very early one, starting in Deuteronomy 6, 2, that you may fear the Lord your God and keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. That set me thinking just a couple of verses later in that Deuteronomy uh, 6 passage comes the Shema, right? Hear, O Israel, yeah. the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You, that is the, the core of loving God. Mm -hmm. When he said, I'm one, love me. Right, right. right. Okay, so right. let's go on. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Psalm 119.11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And now in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. That's a good I love good that. Verse. It is the word of God that performs the work in us when mm -hmm. we believe it. Mm -hmm. And then 2 mm -hmm. Timothy 3.15 and 16, From childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. When it says God-breathed, it God means breathed. it comes from 
in God is From bringing it within out. Within his own life, speaking. Right. Him. God is the only one who, when he speaks, reality happens, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So God's word That's is right. reliable. Absolutely. And there, again, just like the others, there's so many verses we could pick oh. that, that confirms what we're trying to say. And these are just a few of the of the precious ones. Uh, when you read Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, we read that God spoke through Moses, to Moses and through Moses. Uh, and, and he repeated God's word to the people and he also wrote them down. And God was in control of Moses when he wrote and spoke his word to the people. And, and remember this, God is almighty, which means he can do that. And he said he would, and he did do it. Now, the New Testament tells us that these writers wrote as they were guided by the Holy Spirit, who is God. Therefore, we can trust that those men were empowered to write precisely as they were led by God to record what they recorded. God can do it, and he did do it. We have... Another verse. Well, and this is from clear back in Proverbs. So it's, we've just been talking about the New Testament. We would go but back is, and forth. This is the wisdom of Solomon written down for us. Proverbs 35 and 6. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Ah, how many false <laughs> prophets have been found a liar already? And there's more. Now, we named our organization a shield and refuge from verses like this one, because we want polygamists to know that God himself will shield you and and be a refuge for you uh, if you will just trust in him. Anyone who has the desire to know God's truth and will test the false prophets will easily detect their lies before their lies can do eternal damage to you. Joseph Smith lied about God and what he said, and so has all the Mormon prophets and the polygamous leaders. Those who really want to know the truth can find it, and it is. It's magnificent, and it's peaceful, and it's the best thing that can ever happen to you. Now, there's more truth to be told about our merciful and loving God and Savior, Jesus Christ, and so we have part two for you next time. So please watch as we talk more about God and his love and his loving kindness. And I think it's just absolutely tragic. Uh, When I think about it, sometimes I'll just think about it, what they've done to God's character. Mm. They just completely annihilated his his true character. God is not going to let that go unpunished, right? The the scripture says he is waiting until all who will come have come before that day. Uh And so uh, in that we take comfort, but it's a feels like a long time that the lie is it, it does and and sometimes i would just like to see the false prophets and all their all lies just exposed. disintegrate you know and yeah. and let the truth come out but but they are being exposed i mean not just by your ministry but by so many others and yes. just by reading aloud the word of god the truth has power and it we... does have power and it is the only power actually that can mm-hmm. destroy those lies and that's why the going to the Bible and measuring what they say by the Bible is so important because mm-hmm. it the Bible alone has the power for that destruction. Thank you, Dorothy. I love your input. And, and we've got part two that we're going to be discussing this a little more. You know, as we've said, a loving God would never contradict himself or could be, uh, or could a God of love uh, command polygamy as the road to eternal life. The de- definition of the word gospel is good news. That's it. It's that simple. 
good news. And the good news is God himself became a man who is Jesus Christ and willingly died on the cross to pay for your sins. He is a personal savior, not a group savior. Your personal faith and belief in him alone to save you with no works of your own added is the good news. He will save all who will believe and trust in him. In Acts 16, the prison guard asked, what must I do to be saved? And Paul the apostle said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the good news. And polygamists everywhere can dump polygamy. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior and follow him alone. And like the jailer, you will be saved. So why not just do it? It's certainly more pleasant than polygamy. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.